Hello, Parkview. Good to see you. We good? Right on. Yeah. Awesome. Want to say hello to everybody all around Chicagoland, all of our campuses that meet up on the weekends in uh, New Lenox, Homer Glen, around Orland Park, and uh, our newest campus, our newest crew in Honolulu, Hawaii. Want to say welcome to... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, wow, really? Do we have that? That's awesome. We go there and go to church. And No, we don't have that. Not, not yet. Maybe one day. Um, ask Tim about it. Email Tim. Um, <laughs> I also want to say hello to Facebook Live. We're going out to the world uh, sharing the message of Jesus. Uh, Facebook Live, welcome to all of you too. And I'm glad everybody uh, has chosen to be here uh, today. But I want to ask you to do something a little strange. I want to ask you to forget that you're here. I'm glad you're here, but I want to ask you to forget that you're here. Forget about the lights, forget about the sound, uh, the music, the videos, the screens. Forget about that I'm on a stage with a microphone. And what I want to ask you to do is just pretend, just imagine that you're just sitting at a table like this having coffee with a friend, family member, coworker, something like that. You're just sitting here having coffee and you're just talking about all kinds of normal things. Maybe you're talking about uh, a vacation coming up this summer or maybe you're talking about work or kids or something like that. If you're guys sitting around here having a coffee, maybe you're talking about... Uh, the NBA playoffs or the baseball's back. Maybe you're talking about cars or something like that. Just normal, normal conversation. Students, junior high, high school, college, maybe you're talking about the fact that summer break is coming. It's almost here and you're going to be off for the summer. Maybe you're talking about one of your friends who posted something on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat and it was just crazy. You're talking about them and how could they do that? Ladies... I honestly have no idea what you talk about when you're having coffee. I don't, I don't think I really even want to know what your conversations are about when you're having coffee. I know if you were sitting having coffee with, like, my wife this time of year, you'd probably be talking about uh, manicures or getting a pedicure because of sandals. You'd be talking about summer and sandals and where do you get the best sandals and all. Anyway, so anyway, listen, 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 listen. You're just talking about normal things. Everyday things. And then all of a sudden, I want you to imagine the conversation takes a spiritual turn. Has that ever happened to you? You're just sitting talking with someone, and all of a sudden, just normal things, and they say something to you like, hey, 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 you know, I, you go to church, right? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question about the Bible? Or what do you think about God? Or have you heard this about that church? And all of a sudden, the conversation takes a definite spiritual turn. What do you do when that happens? Do, do you kind of get nervous? Do you get scared? Do you, do you try and redirect that conversation as quickly as possible to something safer? Or do you open your big mouth and begin to share Jesus with that person? I think for a lot of us, uh, myself included at many times in my life, uh, these kinds of conversations that I'm describing make us nervous because th the truth is, and we wouldn't want to admit this, we wouldn't want to raise our hand, but the truth is we're not sure we know enough about our faith or about God or about the Bible to get involved in these kinds of spiritual conversations. And we start thinking, Todd, listen, if I get involved in that kind of conversation, if I travel too far down that road with someone, I may mess up the whole message of the Bible. And so I just kind of avoid those types of 
situations and conversations. It's just safer. I think it's better. And that's the way we feel sometimes. Even though in the Bible, very clearly in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, we're told this, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Everybody say always. Always Always be prepared. Not sometimes be prepared. Not when you want to be prepared. Be prepared. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Here's where we're going to travel today, Parkview. I want to show you how any one of us can take that conversation when it takes a spiritual turn. I want to show you how you can lead that conversation with confidence and you can lead somebody to Jesus in their lives. And I know right now as I say that, that that some of you are fired up and and you're excited and, and you've already seen you know, the program, and you're, you've got a little outline there. You're getting out a piece of paper wherever you are. You're, you're, you're excited because you're thinking, you know what, I need this. This is exactly what I need. It's like God's reading my mail because I've got somebody that I need to talk to. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and this is going to be perfect. I can't wait, and you're ready. You're like dialed in. You're ready to write. But then there are also some of you sitting here today, and you're kind of sitting back, and you're thinking to yourself, seriously? Seriously, Todd, is this what we're going to talk about the whole time? The whole time. And in your mind, here's what you're thinking. Again, you wouldn't want to say this out loud, but you're thinking to yourself, Todd, listen, do we really have to have like conversations like this in coffee shops with people? I mean, here's where our mind goes a lot of times. Todd, can't, can't, listen, can't we just leave people alone? Can't we just leave them alone? Can't we just all live our lives the best way possible? I mean, let's live good lives. I'm not talking about, you know, just doing whatever we want. I'm saying let's all decide to live good lives. Let's live good lives, and then let's just kind of let God sort things out in the end. Because because he's a big God, right? Can't we just do that? And the answer to that question is basically no, we can't. We can't do that, and and here's why. I want to tell you as clearly as I can why we need to get involved in these kinds of conversations with friends and family members and coworkers and neighbors and, and that sort of thing. Here's why. Because if nobody does this, if nobody gets into a conversation about God and his son Jesus with somebody, I'm going to tell you what conclusion they're going to come to. If none of us have the guts to get involved in this kind of thing, I'm going to tell you what their conclusion is going to be. And by the way, this is the conclusion about God that so many people around us have already discovered. No matter where you live, no matter where your neighborhood is, your condo, your dorm room, if people have not had a conversation like this, here's their conclusion. This is what they've already arrived at. Their conclusion is there's a good God out there somewhere. And the way you and I get to a good God someday is by being what? Good. Everybody say good good. There's a good God way, way out there in a good heaven. I don't know where, but it's a good heaven. And the way you and I get there is by being good. And you know what? It sounds so good. It sounds good, doesn't it? Just be good. How good do you have to be? Well, you're better than you were yesterday for sure and probably better than anyone around you. Just, just, just be good, right? It sounds so good. The problem is it's not true. It's not true. Good people, this is why we got to share with our friends and neighbors, it's because good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. 
Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. It doesn't matter how good you've been. It doesn't matter how good you're getting ready to be. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people get to go to heaven through Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want us to, again, part you with me. Everybody all around, imagine that you're just sitting, having a conversation like this in a coffee shop or on an airplane or at school or at work. And it takes a spiritual turn. I want to show you clearly today how you can lead that person to Jesus with just one verse. One verse from the Bible. You don't have to have 15 or 20 different verses from the Old Testament and the New Testament all memorized and ready to go. If if you do, that's fantastic. But I'm going to show you how you can do it with just one verse. And that verse is found in in the Bible in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. We've had some folks from Parkview here write it up on uh, this paper about a thousand times more legibly than I ever could. Uh, and so Romans 6, 23, there we go. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now here's what I want you to do. We're in this series called My Big Fat Mouth. I want you with just your biggest mouth and boldness to read this with me out loud on the count of three. Okay, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. With just that one verse, you can open your mouth and you can lead someone closer to Jesus. And you can do this, by the way, on on just like the back of a napkin or something like that. This is just a regular old like Starbucks napkin that I have here with me. And, and several times over the course of the last few years of my life, I've been in a coffee shop or on an airplane or something like that, and we're just talking about normal things. And then somebody asked me, you know, about God or church or faith or the Bible. And, 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 and I can just write this verse down on a napkin like this, and then I can just begin to walk with them through this verse for maybe 15 minutes or five minutes, whatever it is I have, and I can begin to lead them closer to Jesus. So that's what I want to do with you today. That's what I want us to do. Some of you have this in your program. You have this little uh, scaffolding right here. You could get out a piece of paper and, and write these things down. I just want us to pretend like we're sitting right here and I'm stepping with you through this one verse. Here's the first thing I want to ask you to do. Put a box around the word wages. Everybody say wages. Wages. And I want you to write that down here like on the left-hand side of your paper. And if it was just you and I sitting here, I would say, what do you think about when you hear the word wages? Maybe you think about a paycheck or or maybe you think about some money as something you've been, you know, working toward or something like that. It it comes every two weeks or it comes every month. It's wages. And then I would ask you something like this. Parkview, have, have you ever worked for someone and not received the wages that you thought were coming. You didn't get paid what you thought you should get paid. That's probably happened to you. It's happened to me several times in my life. It's not fun. Uh, The very first time I can remember that happening, I go all the way back to when I was in high school. I was like 17 years old. It was like my very, really my very first real job. And let me preface this story by saying, when I was in high school, it was the big 80s. It was the big 80s, okay? And I was a DJ, Okay, I was a DJ in the big 80s, and I, because it was the big 80s, I had the whole Adidas sweatsuit, 
I had the gold chains. I had the two turntables and all that. And I know some of you are thinking, that's enough right there. Just stop. That's it. But it was awesome. I'm telling you, it was amazing. I, I, I did. And, I, and so I would set up and, and do all these parties and proms and things like that. I remember my very first wedding kind of reception thing I did. And it was, a, it was a fantastic. And I set up for several hours. And, and then we did all kinds of things, you know, with the bride and groom and the wedding party and all that. But then as we got further into the evening, everybody started to leave. The bride and groom had, you know, a honeymoon to get to, which I don't, you know, uh, that, that's a fantastic thing for them. Uh, and, and so they eventually take off. And, and listen, before I know it, I'm sitting here in this room. Everybody has vanished and I'm just still playing music. Nobody has paid me anything. The, the, the wedding is over and I'm sitting there as a 17 year old going, hello, hey, I need money. So somebody pay me. And, and that's what I think about wages, right? You know, there's something we deserve. It's something we earn, something we've been working for. We're expecting it to come our way. So we just talk about wages for a little bit. The next thing I would do if we're just sitting at a table is I would say put a box around the word sin and write the word sin right down below the word wages. What do you think about when you hear the word sin? Maybe you think about uh, darkness. Maybe you think about doing something wrong, messing up, falling short. Maybe you think about feeling guilty about something in your life or ashamed, you know, that you don't want anybody to know. Maybe when you think about sin, you think about some sort of habit or something like that that no one really even knows about. It's pretty secret still right now. And you know it's wrong, you know it's out of bounds and no one knows about it. Or you think about some sort of addiction that you have in your life and actually a number of people know about it and they're praying for you and you're getting help and things are getting a whole lot better but you know it's still there in your life and you're trying to get through it. I don't, I don't know what you think about when, when you think about sin but we would just talk about that for a little bit and I'll share just something from my life. When, when I think about sin, let me put just kind of a, a picture into your head that you could take out this weekend and for yourself or for other people maybe that you're having this conversation with. When I think about sin, I, I go back several years ago. I was at home and it's by myself. I'm watching TV and flipping through the channels and and I come across like one of those animal shows on, on one of those, you know, Animal Planet or something like that. And I, I don't often watch, you know, animal shows. That's just really not who I am. If I am watching shows about animals, I'm watching, you know, really manly like elephants and tigers and bears and things like that that are really... This, I tell you that because this one was about birds, okay? And I don't watch a lot of bird shows, but this was like very manly birds, like eagles, like birds of prey. So it was okay. So anyway, so I'm, I'm, it's, there's, this, there's, this, there's this show and I'm, I'm watching, I'm soaking it up. And here's what happens. It's, it's like it shows these eagles and they're soaring over this huge lake and and it's beautiful, and it's, the photography's incredible. And, and all of a sudden, this one eagle, like, tucks down its wings and di just dive bombs down into this lake. And, and maybe you've seen this happen before in real life, in, in a lake or in the ocean or something like that. And so this bird dives down into the water, and it latches onto this fish, grabs it with his claws, and then goes back up into the air. And you know what's getting ready to happen is this bird wants to take this fish over to the land, so it can put the, the fish down and, and, and eat it. And so here's the land over here and here's the bird. And I'm watching this and the bird's coming over toward the land and it's getting closer to the water and it's getting closer to the land and it's getting closer to the water. And, and, and before you know it, the bird realizes, I'm not gonna make it all the way to the land because this fish is super heavy. And, and so what you see happen is this bird is trying to release its claws. It's, it's trying to let go of this fish, but it, it, it can't let go of it. And it's getting closer and closer uh, to the land, and, and it can't let go. And you see this bird flopping around, and, and this bird splashes down into the water. It's flailing all around, and it gets pulled down under the water. And, and presumably the bird dies. And I know some of you are thinking to yourself right now, Todd, <laughs> 
why are you telling us this story? This is weird. I know that I have a weird mind. I know. But this is what my mind thinks about when I think about sin. Because isn't, isn't this kind of like what we do in our lives? I mean, we kind of soar up above our world, up above our school, our workplace, our neighborhood. And we see something that, that we like, something we want to get into, and, and so we go latch onto it, and we bring it back into our life, and it starts getting more and more of our time. It, it gets more and more of our attention, more and more of our money and things like that, and, and we kind of carry this along. We know maybe we should or shouldn't have a hold of this, but it's not a big deal because we can, you know, release it whenever we want to. And, and what happens is this. Isn't this true? We begin to carry around this thing for maybe a few weeks or even a month or two, and, and, and then we have some friends or maybe somebody from our family, somebody who knows us, comes to us and says, hey, hey, could I, uh, could I talk to you? Are you okay? Is everything okay? Because it just seems like something's wrong or you're off. Or I'm not trying to pry, but, and what we say is, no, I'm good. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm totally fine. Everything, everything is good. Everything is just great. And we know we're carrying around this new thing, and it's kind of carrying us down, but we didn't think anybody could really tell, and so we just kind of put them off. And, and we begin to carry it around for another few days or weeks, and we know it's heavy. We know it's probably something we shouldn't have with our time or our money. It's taken more and more of that thing, but we just kind of hang on to it because we think we can just release it whenever. And so a few weeks go by, and, and we come to this place, or maybe a few months, and, and we say, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going I'm to let this go. But when we start to try and let it go, it's kind of, it's not easy. And, and we kind of like it and we kind of like holding on to it. And, and so we just say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I, I can definitely let go of this. There's, there's no doubt I can let go of this. But, but today, not, today's not a good time to let go of this. That would be crazy. Ne- here's the thing. Next week, I'm de- definitely next week. Next week, I'm totally letting go of this. Okay? But today, I'm just going to hang on to it. And here's what happens. We hold on to it for a few more weeks, a few more months. And eventually, there comes a day where we no longer have a hold of the sin, but the sin has a hold of us. And no matter how hard we try, we can't let go. We can't let go, and it pulls us down. It weights us down in our lives. And a lot of times, it, it leads towards, towards like death or something like that in, in our lives in all kinds of ways. Put a box around the word death and just write death down here below the word sin. We know people, it's not fun to think about or, or talk about. It's pretty sobering, actually. But with all kinds of people around here today, we all know people who have held on to things and grabbed things and held them longer than they should, and it's, it's caused all kinds of problems in their life, sometimes physically, sometimes it's just relational. Sometimes we get a hold of things and it causes distance between us and our husband or wife or our kids or friends or something like that. Or sometimes it's spiritual. We grab something and it keeps putting more and more distance between us and God. But basically it pulls us down and kind of leads us towards death in all kinds of ways. And when we think about death, we think about separation and, 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 and darkness and, and, and all of those sorts of things. And, and maybe you're sitting here right now, uh, you know, kind of going through this and thinking through it in your mind and, and saying, Todd, wow, um, Thank you so much for this message. It's just incredibly depressing, Todd. Thank you so much for preaching today. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad I'm here today. And I brought a friend to Parkview for the very first time, and we're all going to die. And uh, this is just great. This is wonderful. Just what I was hoping we'd be studying. And, and so here, here's the thing. If this is where the verse ended, if this is where the whole message ended today, it would be pretty sad. It would be pretty depressing. But how many of you know this is not where it ends? For the wages of our sin does lead to death, but put a box around the word but. Everybody say but. But, and write it down here in the bottom of your page, but with just one T, right? But, that's for all the guys in the room. Uh, 
but the wages of our sin is death, but that's not all. That's not where this whole thing ends. There's this gift that's coming our way. Put a box around the word gift and just write it over here on the other side of your napkin or your page or your paper, whatever it is, gift. If it was just me and you sitting and talking and having coffee and that sort of thing, I would look across the table at you and I would say, hey, listen, listen, tell me about the greatest gift or one of the greatest gifts you've ever received in your life. And then I would just sit and listen to you tell me about a gift you've received and how amazing it was. And, and then I would probably tell you about one of the great gifts I've received in, in my life. And, and I would go back to probably the, the coolest gift I remember getting was when I was just becoming a teenager. I was 13 years old. And my dad, for my birthday, got me my very own checkbook. Mm-hmm. And I know some of you right now, especially those of you who are younger, are thinking, wow, what's a checkbook, right? What is, what is that? I don't understand. A checkbook. And I know, you don't get it, right? It's, 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 it had paper in it. You put your name on it. It was just like money back then, okay? It's, it's, it, was, it, was, it was linked to an account and all, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that, that, he, he got me my checkbook, and, and he put 50 dollars in my account, 50 bucks. And I can remember at 13 years old thinking, I, well, there's no doubt that I'm the richest kid alive. I mean, I'll never spend $50 ever. And, and the, but when I think about a gift, when I think about something like that, that's, that's what I think about it. It's something that is a surprise. You didn't earn it. You didn't expect it and that sort of thing, right? And here's where the conversation really gets interesting for us today, or if you're having this conversation with a friend over coffee. A, a gift is also the opposite of what? A wage. A wage is something you earn. A wage is something you work for and, and you deserve. You know what's coming? A gift. You didn't work for it at all. It's a complete surprise. You had no idea it was coming. So there's this gift that somebody wants to give to you and to me. And who wants to give it to us? Well, God does. Put a box around the word God and write God right below gift. What do you think about when you start to think about God? A lot of people have said through history that what you think about when you think about God is probably the most important thing you ever think about. Because what we think about God really determines a whole lot of how we view life. Maybe when you think about God, you think about somebody who's just like way up there, out there somewhere, distant, or somebody who's holy or pure, righteous, or good. Or maybe when you think about God, honestly, you think, Todd, when I think about God, like the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, somebody way out there somewhere in heaven who's probably a little upset with me and, and, and should be upset with me. That, that's what I think about. What do you think about when you think about God, there's probably all sorts of things, whether you've been in, around church for just a few weeks or whether you've been around church for decades, there's all kinds of things we think about when we think about God. But for today, for this discussion, we could probably all agree, no matter what you think, God is the opposite of what? Sin. If sin is wrong and out of bounds and ugly, and, well, then God is perfectly pure and, and light and, and good. They're, they're opposites, no matter how much you even really know about them. And so there's this gift that God wants to give to you and to me. And what is this gift that he wants to give? Well, it's eternal life. 
And so just put a long box around eternal life and then write it down on this side of the paper under God. And there's all kinds of things we could talk about when it comes to eternal life. We could definitely do a whole series on this and where it is and how it is and how you get it and how it works and all that. And we could do all kinds of talks about that. But for the sake of today, it's probably easiest just to say that eternal life is also the opposite of death. If death means you're done, it's over, it's finished, then eternal life would be then just the beginning. It's just getting started. They're, they're opposites. And so here you have it, Parkview. The wages of our sin is death. But that's not all. There's this gift that this God wants to give us, and it's eternal life. And then here's the million-dollar question. Don't, don't miss this. Zone in with me. As we talk today, or if you're talking with a friend or a family member over coffee or something like that, here's the million-dollar question. How does a person move from one side to the other? How do we move from death to life? What words are still left in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that we haven't talked about, that we haven't put a box around? How about this? Christ Jesus. Amen? So just put a line kind of right across the middle there and then write the words Christ Jesus. And if you want, you can even put another line. Kind of going right down the middle and make a cross. For the wages of our sin, we know this, we feel it, it's weighty. It leads to all different kinds of death and separation, but that's not it, that's not the whole deal. There's this incredible gift that, that God wants to give to you and I, and it's called eternal life, and you wait, you get that is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And check this out, Parkview, you can open your mouth, your big mouth, and you can lead a person closer to Jesus with just one verse. Isn't that cool? Isn't that fun? We can do that right there in our lives. Lead a person closer to Jesus. Now, I want to say this about this whole verse and about our discussion today. Every single person who is here today, everybody at all campuses, everybody who's at Facebook Live, everybody who's watching, listening to this message, we're all in one of two places. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you've been around church a whole lot or just a little bit. We're all in one of two places. The first place is this. Some of you need to accept this truth. You need to accept this into your life. And because you know, you know you have sin in your life. You may call it all kinds of different things, but it's coming up short, it's falling short, it's messing up, but you have sin in your past. You know you do. Some of you know you have sin right in your present. You're, you have some sin in your life even this weekend. Some of you already have sin scheduled for later tonight. You have calendared sin for next week. It's already on the calendar, right? We know it. It's there. Well, you have sin in your life. And that's why we need Jesus in our life. Some of you have been around church. You've been around Parkview for a long time. Maybe you take notes and you even raise your hand sometimes at worship. Maybe you're even getting involved in a rooted group and things like that that we do around here at Parkview. But here's the truth. You have never accepted Jesus into your life and moved from death to life. Jesus laid down his life so that you could have life. And some of you, even this weekend, need to accept that. You need to be baptized into Jesus Christ, and you need to begin to move from one side 
to the other, not because of anything you've ever done, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Amen? Amen. You need to accept that into your life. Others of you, you've already accepted it. Maybe a, a, a few weeks ago around Easter time or years ago in your life, you accepted it, and so you're in a whole other group. You don't really need to accept it anymore, but you need to have the guts to share this. You got to have the guts to share this with other uh, people. Open our mouths and share it and realize I, I wish I wish we could do this. I wish I could like just push some kind of switch and we could forget about what's going on later today. We could forget about everything we have to do this week, which we I know we all have important things to do. And I, I wish we could just get our minds around this. That if, if you and I would just have the guts, that we'd be brave enough. That when a conversation takes a spiritual turn, if we would dive into something like this, that that a conversation just in 10 or 15 minutes could change somebody's eternal zip code. Them accepting Jesus into their life, moving from death to life, it changes where they spend eternity. If we would just be willing to dive in and have conversations like we're talking about today. Now, I know this. Statistically speaking, Around 80% of people who follow after Jesus never invite anyone else to follow after Jesus. So, so they follow after Jesus, we follow after Jesus, but we never invite someone else to follow after Jesus. And I'm not trying to, you know, make fun of that or, or make us feel bad or weird or guilty or anything like that. The, the main reason that a lot of us don't ever invite someone else to follow Jesus, even if we're following Jesus, is simply because of one thing. It's fear. It's fear. I'm not sure what I would do in that situation, uh, Todd. And a lot of you have actually already played this out in your mind. As I'm sitting here talking, you're having this conversation with me in your head, and you're saying things like this, okay, Todd, about this whole message you're giving today, okay, Mr. Preacher guy, here's the thing. If I start doing what you're talking about, you know, having these kinds of conversations, if I start having these kinds of spiritual conversations with people, Todd, you know what's really going to happen in real life? They're going to start asking questions, Okay. They're going to be asking questions, and they're going to say things like, well, that's great. Thanks for sharing. You know, but what I'm really wondering is, do you know how many sons Abraham had? Or do you know if Adam had a belly button? I've been wondering if Adam had a belly button. Or do you know how old the earth is? I've wondered how old the earth is. Or do you know where all the dinosaurs went? I'd, I'd like to know where all the dinosaurs went. And what you're thinking is, Todd, listen, listen, Todd, I don't know the answer to all of those questions, Todd. And I don't want to look dumb. I don't want to look stupid in front of a bunch of my friends. So you know what I do? I just avoid those kinds of conversations. And listen, I get that. I totally understand that thinking. But, but listen to me. Zone in on this. Let me say something to you as clearly as I possibly can. Listen. You do not have to know the answer to all of those other questions in order to lead a person closer to Jesus. You don't. You don't have to know the answer to all of those other questions. You just have to have the guts. We have to be brave. We have to be caring for this person enough to open up our big mouth and dive into this conversation and say, you know what, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I don't know the answer to so many of those either. I, I have no idea if Adam had a belly button. I don't know. And, and I don't know how old the earth is. I wish I did. And where the dinosaurs went, I wonder about that too. I'm always wondering where the dinosaurs went. I have no idea. I don't know the answer to all those questions. But, but listen, listen, listen. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. 
I know the wages of our sin leads us towards death. But that's not it. I know that there's this gift that this incredible, amazing, loving God wants to give to you and me, and it's called eternal life. And the way you and I get that is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And you know what you can do? You can just like write that down on the back of a napkin or something like that, and then you can say to your friend, you know what, why don't, uh, why don't you just keep the napkin? And you can lead a person closer to Jesus with just one verse. Isn't that cool? Isn't that good? Some of you, some of you need to accept this. And some of you need to share it. You know you do. You need to share this with someone. In fact, you're already excited. You've been taking notes and, and you're thinking, man, this is exactly what I need. And guess what? Somebody, somebody later today, somebody's getting shared on. I'm going to share on someone. Later on this week, somebody's going to get shared with. I guarantee it. I'm going to share with someone. And, and if that's what you're thinking, if you're ready to share, you're excited to dive into this, here's what I just want to say one last thing to you. And we're going to pray and head out into a, a new week. Here, here's what I want to say to you. Listen, this is so important. Listen, the power of this, all we've been talking about today, the power is not in the presentation. The power is in the fact that this is the Word of God. That's where the power is. You don't have to have the perfect presentation and the perfect stories. Well, what's going to happen is later on today or later on this week, you're going to be at school or at work or in the neighborhood or something like that, and somebody's gonna, you're going to get into this spiritual conversation, and somebody's going to say something to you like, hey, you know, I've been wondering about God or something like that, and you're going to go, whoa. We just talked about that in church. We just talked about that. Can I share something with you? Can I write something down? Can I just share something with you really quick? And, and you're going you're gonna to try and dive into this, and you're going to write this verse, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, down on a napkin or a piece of paper, and you're going to say, okay, here's what let's do. First thing, let's put a box around the word of. No, wait a minute. He didn't do that. Uh, let's circle our. No, he didn't circle anything. And, and, and here's what you're going to think. You're going to think, you know what? I'm messing the whole thing up. I just got this whole thing wrong. But let me tell you something. This is so huge. The power is not in the perfect presentation. The power is in the fact that this is the word of God. And we are promised that if we will share it, it will never return void in people's lives. That it will always do what God has called it and purposed it to do in people's lives. Amen? Isn't that good news? Such good news. So Parkview, so let's have the guts, let's have the boldness to open our big mouth and dive into these kinds of conversations and help lead people closer to Jesus. Let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity to, to gather up and, and to carve out time as we start into a new week and, and take just one verse and, and pull it apart and, and just see how it, how it kind of just outlines the whole Bible, really, of what you've done for us through Jesus and how we get to you through him, that eternal life we can have. God, I pray that, that you would allow those who need to accept this, light bulbs come on today, that they would talk to somebody and accept you into their life. For those who need to share it, which is so many of us, God, I pray that you would provide opportunities this week. And that when that happens, God, we would, just, we would take a deep breath and maybe for the first time ever we would dive into a conversation like that. And we would just do our best. We would do our best. And then, God, you in the way that only you can, you would, you would just do the rest in their life and they would begin to see you in a new way. God, thank you for this time and this study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.